0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of In the Zone. I'm Giancarlo Alino, and we're here with Anthony Paniello and Chris Martelli. And guys, we got to start off with a negative note. Morgan Riley, injured, fractured foot, eight weeks. Where the hell do we go from here? Ah, <laughs> oh, man.
1: Uh, well, I remember when Jake Muzzin broke his foot. I was kind of like, when did that happen? And then... Again, I missed the Florida game. They got pummeled, and I lost my fantasy week because of frigging Marner, <laughs> asshole. Um, yeah, I didn't see the play, but apparently he broke his foot against uh, Florida. Everyone is trolling Leaf fans, saying McDavid broke Riley's ankles when he scored that nasty goal. But I don't really know, man. I'm I'm panicking as a Leaf fan. Our blue line is already dry, and uh, bringing up Lil' Grin and Sandin is exciting, but pump the brakes for now
2: (laughs) you know we're always panicking though so I guess it's all right in that sense we've been saying all year though like you watch TSN and Sportsnet and whatever and all they say is Riley looks off I think he's playing with an injury so this to come up now it kind of makes sense but yeah now I'm looking at Tyson Barry that's a monster trade and I'm not saying he's been really good
0: since uh Keith Keith has took over but now he's really got to step it up yeah Barry though like this is his role in Colorado. He was that offensive guy. Now there's no other, there's no Riley there. Sandine's not going to play that role yet, maybe 11 minutes a night. So Barry's going to probably play 25 minutes, do whatever the hell he wants out there. Keith is going to probably tell him. And if he doesn't produce, this is going to affect his contract, I think, that for next year's negotiations. Because this is the best chance he's had since coming in Toronto to really make a difference.
1: I think if everything works out with Barry, with Riley injured, this guarantees he's gone. It
2: guarantees Barry's gone because we can't afford him. For, uh, for Sandin and Lilgren, though. It's like, exciting. They're, yeah. they're at the same time, but given where we are in the time of the year. it's They're going to get some heavy minutes, and they two are going to be relied on Like maybe more than they should at this time. Uh,
1: I, I, I'd probably still rely on Dermot a little more, but yeah, you can't deny Sandin and Lilgren's offensive ability, so... Again, again, if Barry has an off night, I can see Lilgren or Sandine, kind of trying their best to bounce back. But Sandine, I've been saying this. I think I said this when we were doing uh, the preseason. I think Sandine should have made the team at a training camp. Uh, I remember, I think it was Hunter. He said that Sandine during the preseason was their fifth best defenseman, and that solidifies a spot on the team. We all know that Justin Hall's been tremendous this year. I. Everyone talks about, you know, surprises for me. It, it's Justin Hall. A lot of people could say it's Gauthier's, you know, improvement. It's Timoshov making the team. Even a guy like Mikheyev, when he was playing, he was dominating. Um, but for this injury, it's very, it's very scary because Riley was just playing 27 minutes a night. He would do the penalty kill you know he would be on the power plate man like everything everything he would do everything and again this is a guy there where three years ago we didn't know what his role was gonna be we didn't know if babcock was gonna like was it two years ago we had like 37 points and we're like why the hell is babcock making him was it was it 27 it was a bad year Oh Was but (laughs) i remember when he had 27 Gardner was the guy to get 50 and right and babcock put riley in a defensive role and we're kind of like no, that's not his game. He's more offensive. And the last two years, we saw last year he had 70, exploded this year. He probably would have been on pace for like 55, I would have say, I would have said. But I'm excited for Sandine. That's maybe the only positive thing I could say coming out of this is I'm excited to see what Sandine can do because he had a hell of a World Junior tournament and he's been great with the Marlies. So
2: I'm excited for Sandine. I, uh, I want to give Justin Hole a little more love because he kind of seems to be like. The one D on the Leafs that's been steady all year. People have been talking about Riley's been playing hurt. Barry comes in, he's not producing. Muzzin gets hurt, and then Justin has just
0: quietly been there doing his job. So, keep it up, kid. Marincin got an extension. Oh my. 700K for next year, and he's probably gonna play a lot more minutes. So, uh, uh, this is rough. The king of the one-year deal. <laughs> I don't know disguise. what
1: I don't know what Dubis sees in Marincin. I knew what Babcock saw in Marincin. He really liked Marincin. Good I will say he he has been a guy that's been off and on for two three years i know the guys that are sitting at this table are not big fans of him i'm not that much of a big fan but again for me he's still an unknown i don't i don't really see him that much but when i do see him it's not usually good things but i hope um with riley out if he does play more minutes just play the defensive role don't try and pinch and go in on the off because he doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to that he's not an offensive d just have guys like lilgren i know that they're going to be excited because again they're ninth they're what like lilgren's what 21 and sandin's 20 they're going to be excited i think they're going to jump on the rush quite a bit because that's what lilgren and Sandine do but guys like hall and marinson and dermot just play your defensive role moving forward and give the keys to barry for now because now this is his blue line. It, I would have said it was Muzzin's, but he also is. He has a broken foot too.
0: This is a bad time of year because they're chasing a playoff spot. Their last game was not good at all. Is this uh, a moment where they can go on a losing streak and you're going to look at more than just trading for a defenseman? Maybe you have to trade Nylander? It just, it, it's the one thing that sickens
1: me the most about this is – If you go look at the teams in Florida right now, they are the hottest teams in the league. Tampa's won 10 straight. Actually, sorry, they just lost to New Jersey the other night. Uh, Didn't see that coming. Florida, Jonathan Huberto has low-key been one of the most productive wingers in the game. He's at 63 and 45. He has 15 more than Barkov, which is, to me, a very... Yeah, that's a a mind-boggling stat. And then, of course, we could talk about... Kucherov has not been as good this year, but now finally he's starting to get the wheels turning. And of course, you can't forget a guy named Victor Hedman, one of the best defensemen in the game. When he's on his game, Tampa Bay's just going to win. I'm terrified for the Leafs because if Bobrovsky starts to turn it around, Florida I could see being the superior team to Toronto, even though with all the offense that Toronto has i'm really terrified man I, I could see if the leafs start losing the wild card is looking like a place where they can they'll probably end up and uh, we all know that first place in our division is boston yeah, yeah. and it would happen again round round three
2: this is bullshit <laughs> no but uh if the leafs are like hovering nine to ten whatever like i'm not i'm not blowing it i'm not trading willie <laughs> no no I like if you were gonna make a move like that though, it would be now because I think he's playing his best hockey. I'm just gonna low key throw that in there. But no, I'm not trading. <sighs> not Nylander, no. I would trade maybe like a Kapanen and a Bracco Yeah, we. I love how we just right away Kapanen, the easy one. Out. It
1: ha- It has to, man. I'm looking at the team. Like they, they can't trade Hyman. They can't afford to. He's too unique of a player. Kapanen and Janssen. You know what? At this point, flip a coin.
2: Well, <laughs> to us, he's unique. Yeah. <laughs> to other people. Uh, he's a good player. Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> a good pro. <girl. laughs> yeah, no, Janssen, again, uh, I didn't see a lot of the Florida game, but I heard he didn't look good. Um, again, you, you you miss what, 18 games? You're going to be a little rusty. I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried with Riley out, with Muzzin out. I know everyone's oh Lilgren and Sandy and this is great this is this we're going to see the future of the Leafs D right here. We got Dermott, Sandin, Lilgren. We're going to see what they can do. But, but none of them are Morgan Riley. None of them are close to Morgan Riley. We just had Morgan Riley as the leaf of the decade and he's now injured. So Yeah, I really don't know what to say if the Leafs were to make a big trade. I've been hearing Petrangelo all year. He could be like a very expensive rental, kind of like how Duchesne was last year with Columbus. But if I'm the least I'm not really doing anything right now unless we start plummeting quick and we're losing games. Then maybe Dubas could pull up his uh, his pants and his fucking socks and then he can maybe make a big-time move. But for now,
2: I'm definitely not trading William Nylander. That guy, he's had, a, he's had a great season. I think we said this the last couple of weeks during the start of their winning streak. Maybe just another depth move, because you got Hutchison, who's uh, who's out of this world all of a sudden. So if you can, and Anderson's garbage. Uh, we'll, we'll give him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> He's he needs to rest. That's what it is
2: with with Anderson. Yeah. So um, H- Hutch Hutchie playing good right now is so key for this team. So <laughs> let's keep that rolling at least.
0: Would you keep Hutchison or trade him for someone else older, like uh, Ryan
1: <laughs> no I I, I like Re- well if Hutchison can keep this up I don't mind him because his contract's very cheap I don't want to get a backup that is making over two and a half three mil because we're already in cap hell don't want to dig a bigger hole and also we had to give up our first round pick this year just to get rid of one of those contracts and Patrick Marlowe so yeah I don't for me contracts right now are a, a big no-no just keep it I'd keep Hutchison for now if you have to move a big contract, for me, I don't really know how to say this, but it would be probably John Tavares I'd move out of all the big-time contracts because what's he making, 11, another seven years? You're Jeez. thinking franchise mode. Yeah. yeah this is a- <laughs> Can you imagine we made, like, a huge-ass trade like that? Like, you Tavares just saw Carlson. Tavares Kapanen, in and someone else for, like, Yossi.
0: they They won't do that yeah
1: like that 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 is franchise mode that's to borrow all your
0: prospects straight (laughs) up (laughs) one-on-one
1: but let's say like they do try and make a trade who's that one d you think the leafs would need is it petrangelo as an expensive rental or would you try and maybe go a younger
2: approach it would be a d like that a guy that like a two-way defenseman that can play in any situation of the game like like another muzzin but that next tier what they did last year Ooh, i don't know if we can get another tier higher than muzzin and you'd probably have to trade a william nylander or else you're not getting him yeah. well
1: i know that the la kings are trying to ship out martinez would you maybe try and yeah, go after a
2: martinez yeah put him and muzzin together i don't know i'd probably stay away from la these kind of um his contract's actually not that good either I don't know. i'm thinking of the fit if you would have him
0: on that third pairing there
2: He's yeah, making, I, like,
0: four mil, too. you got to... I would go to Nashville, but, like, I don't know if they'd be willing. Because their forwards make too much. Maybe an Ekholm, Ryan Ellis. Ekholm's been touted for years.
1: Ekholm is I'm only trading. getting... He's only getting
0: better yeah. that, that I've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, that's a, that's that. a good one, actually. Yeah. I, we should trade for Ekholm. But then <laughs> they're going to say, okay, we have too many forwards making a lot of money and we're not producing right now, so are we going to want to take on a Kappen and Janssen and Bracco...
1: I know a lot of us have been saying Kapanen and Janssen, but can you guys, instead of those two, can you see like a curve foot going the other way?
2: A very similar signed.
1: player. Yeah. They're, I think they're all on like identical deals. They three are. I think deals. they're all three, 3.5,
0: around there. Oh, almost forgot about CC, 4 million. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Well, I, I, I'm telling you right now, next year our blue line's going to look a lot different. I think the you're going to have... Of those guys yeah. signed, so... I, I'm signing probably Muzzin over Barry with the fit. I think that's just a little more realistic too because barry's probably gonna want like six point minimum 6.5 i'll say Uh, riley's contract is also a gift for lee fans it's what five anderson's five (laughs) those those are two huge huge contracts absolutely tremendous but yeah i think barry's gone i think uh muzzin if I could see him walking too. I don't see why not. Maybe he can go maybe he wants to play maybe in Florida, you know, somewhere a little warmer. I don't know. Cause he was he's used to playing in LA, goes to Toronto, probably sick of the cold. All I know is if the Leafs try and sign a guy like a Petrangelo, don't sign him to seven years at like ten million dollars when he's thirty years old. Cause then that will <laughs> that'll be kind of like a deonfant of contract where it's like why? Why are you doing that to yourself? Especially nowadays, like we talk about the NHL being a younger league. And when I see a free agent that, yes, like they're playing the best hockey of their career, Petrangelo just won a Stanley Cup. Are you really going to sign a defenseman seven years, 30 or year, 30 year old, unless his name is like Shea Weber or someone
2: else that just continues to produce at an at a old age? Is this just defensemen or just players at that age in general? Well,
1: I'm, again, you got to look at the contract situation in Toronto and the salary. Like, I, If I'm dubious, I'm not spending more than 7 mil. I don't even think they can unless they really make like a league-changing move. Yeah. Like again, well, you got to remember, so Barry's contract's what? We're, Colorado's eating most of it. He's, he's making nothing. Even all of it, it's still... It's like 2.75, I think, we're paying him, yeah. which is, yeah, that's a joke. It's and uh, not even five. Muzzin's going to probably want five, maybe. So if that in that case, would you just re-sign Muzzin instead of going after Petrangelo for an extra, like, three million? Probably. Yeah, it's,
0: I think I would do that, too. i go after the smaller pieces that, like, oh, I can get this guy for two million. He does the same thing that uh, Muzzin's doing. He's a defensive guy, shut down guy. I don't have to pay him as much. And then you use that money to maybe go after a backup goalie, someone's available, or for right now, Dion Phaneuf is available. PTO. This guy, this guy brings up Reimer and Phaneuf.
1: <laughs> do you imagine. guys do you guys think that Dubis isn't experimenting enough though? Because I've heard you know with Babcock not changing the lineups, and because I don't really hear much about Dubis looking out for other players. I really I don't hear that ever. So what do you, do you mean? think? <laughs> Looking out for other players, like like just you know like looking at fits looking at other teams because especially now with Riley Muzz and Moser, that's that's huge. That's like Yossi and Ekholm being injured for Nashville. Oof. So if I'm Dubas I'm either okay. Yeah, Sandy Lilgrim. We'll see how you do for I don't know like six games, whatever. But if I'm Dubis, uh, and if I'm a Leaf fan, and and you know I. I we want to see change. I want to see Dubas maybe experiment a little more, maybe try and reach out to like Vancouver, reach out to teams that have depth on defense, even Carolina. I know Hayden Flurry's barely playing. He's in and out of the lineup. TVR barely playing. So maybe go after a guy like him. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think Dubas should
2: experiment a little more. I think he has been though. Cause when you look at our team a couple years ago, like who are the guys we were just talking about? Jake Muzzin. Acquisition mm-hmm. Tyson Berry that changes the whole dynamic back there, and the biggest free agent last year or two years ago, John Tavares. So, to me, if that's not going out there and trying to speed up the process and experiment in different ways, like I think he's done a pretty good job. I think it's just the least we'll go through a bad stretch and people say, Oh, we got to fix this problem when really it can just be just that a bad stretch. So, that's that's kind of my thoughts on it. There,
0: I think it just needs to look at what his minor league guys are producing right now and see, okay, they're not at that level that we hoped. Now we have to go find a fit and then go out and make a move. Because if you keep playing like Brooks and Engvall and you don't know where is it going from here, are they going to play realistically next year in a top six role? Probably not. So look out and see any players, maybe a veteran player, because you already have so many young players on a team, another veteran on the bottom pairing. And see, maybe they'll help your team. Well, to counteract,
1: like with what you just said, too, like engville and Brooks, engville to me has been outstanding. But a guy like Adam Brooks, Tim O'Shaw, you have, again, Dubas is probably looking down when he sees them plays, thinking to himself, are these guys really going to be here 82 games every season? Are they going to be a part of the core, of the future, a championship team, whatever? Um, again, last week I heard that the Leafs were looking to sign Justin Williams. Two. I think it was about two and a half mil and I think that would have been astronomical if they got Justin Williams. I think you know you, you think of Mr. Game seven being on a team with Tavares Matthews and all of them that would have been I think monstrous but again you know he's loyal to Carolina he, he took a he took a league league uh, what it league, uh, leave of absence whatever it was I, I think he said his mind wasn't in the right place so now he's back with Carolina and that's only gonna bolster their team. There's a lot of competition. That's what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of competition in the East right now. We were just talking about Tampa, Florida. They keep winning games. Boston as well. Pasternak's at 36 goals. You can't get better than that. I know you said it's not going to last. He's not the best goal scorer in the game. Right now, if it's not him, it's Matthews. It's one of the two. I'll say he's going to get 50 goals with these this year. 36 already. That That's a statement in the league. I remember two years ago when we faced we faced boston and he had 20 points in 12 playoff games in in that whole uh playoff performance i was like this guy is going to be special if everything clicks and right now uh, he did have that slump you know all of december really didn't score but he's already at i think seven goals in nine games in january so the guy's a talent but that's my take and i think dubas has to experiment more because the east is just getting better and carolina again we said last year we said last year carolina going to the 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 conference finals really like this is a team where we look at and it's a big bunch of what ifs
2: throwing the islanders in there too and
1: they're another team they're leading the whole
2: first half of the season
1: i remember when we faced them the first time this year and we got killed um they kept praising barry tross this guy oh he's turned the islanders into one of the best teams in the east and i'm just thinking about this and i'm like wow The Islanders are improving. Carolina's improving. Even Columbus last year, sweeping Tampa Bay. Obviously, this year it's different. You lose everyone. You know, it happens. It's a business. But I need Dubis to pull up his socks, do exactly what Steve Iserman did all those years ago with Tampa Bay. I just want to see him just like again like i think it's starting with angville i think this is a guy that's low-key i think he's gonna stay with this team for a long time he's 6'4 he's a big body he's skilled um i just want dubis to do a little more just based off the competition that's what i'm trying to get at so that was my little rant <laughs> um but yeah now let's talk about contracts let's move to the metro talk about nicholas backstrom 32 years old He's been with Washington his whole career. Got drafted, what, fourth overall in 06? This guy just gets $9.2 million. Do you guys like the contract? Is it too much? Are you surprised?
2: Where do you guys see Washington going from here? I think they're going to continue to be one of the top teams in the East. I don't think their plan really changes. They locked up their, uh, well, now their second-best centerman. But I still think, is he going to be worth it going forward? No, that's a top 10 player in the league. But does he deserve it? abso fucking He's the best centerman in their franchise's history. We said this a little while ago. Uh, It's been Backstrom and for the longest time. So um, he's done so much for that organization. He absolutely deserves that money. So
0: good on him. It's going to be tough two years from now when you're looking, Okay, he has three years at $9.2 million. And you're looking, Okay, he'll be 38 years old. When this contract's done, you I don't even think they can buy it. Oh, he probably has a ironclad agent. Let's fire up that contract <laughs> and say no movement, no buyout. Unless I say I want to be bought out and you probably have to give me the money up front. So they're stuck with that and it could uh, damage them if the salary cap doesn't really move up too much. And Ov, you don't know if his contract, when it comes up, how much he's willing to oh. take. And uh, he signed that when he was a young kid right when the entry level was done and he said okay 12 years so i'm sure he's looking around the league and seeing how much money he was making at that time and i think he wants his piece of the pie i
1: don't i don't see why i don't see why washington had to do this you have kuznetsov who's 27 in his prime right now i think this just shows that they're not sure with kuznetsov to be the number one centerman that's i'm because again man you gotta talk about the scandal he had his production this year has not been as good and uh, actually brand has actually outperformed koozie on a point per game level my biggest question with this contract is again what you just said with ovechkin does can this contract extension make ovi stay because i know that ovi has he's spoken out about his contract saying oh i'm not really sure if i'm going to resign i might retire after my 12 years because again, I think he's going to be 35 or 36 when his contract's up. I don't, I don't think he retires. I I could see him maybe signing like a three-year, eight-million-dollar contract with Washington. It would just be pretty cool to see Backstrom and Ovi. If Ovi were to ever get, you know, the first, you know, become the greatest goal scorer ever, past Wayne Gretzky, you have him with Nick Backstrom the whole way through. I think that would be that'd be a special thing right there. Um, but again. I was reading his contract uh, details, Backstrom. The first three years is no trade clause, but the last two, there's a trade clause. So um, I think he ex- he expects himself to decline just based off that right there. I think it was a smart business de- decision from Backstrom and his agent, but I don't know about this in a couple of years. They're going to be in cap hell,
2: especially with a guy like Verana. Um, only getting better. The centerman position, though, when you look past Kuznetsov and Backstrom, to me this move is extremely necessary. Because then you're basically in a rebuild if you let Nick Backstrom. Who's gonna That's what I is mean. Lars Eller, the next no, guy. No, he's on? not.
1: No, it's the center free agent. It's not Lars Eller. Yeah. It, it's not. Yeah. I don't even know who their fourth line center is. is it Chandler
2: Stevenson. He got traded. Oh, we're not. I was we'll gonna say, say him, but he he got probably. traded. So, I have for, no idea. For for Backstrom, that'll that should motivate Ovi. I regardless of Backstrom signing, I think he's playing in, in his forties, Ovechkin. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, yeah, that guy's a gamer. He's a fucking horse. He doesn't take a day off. All he does is train.
1: The only days off he takes are the All Star Game. There it is. <laughs> there it is. One day. Yeah. But uh, speaking of guys that are great, Sidney Crosby is making a return to the pond. 28-game absence, 28 games. What do you guys expect from him coming back tonight against Minnesota? Do you expect a hat-trick? Do you expect four points? Do you expect nothing? Because I know his teammates right now, tonight he's playing with Dominic Simon and Jaron McCann on the second
2: line. Jesus, I don't give a shit who he plays with. (laughs) I expect Sidney Crosby to be Sidney Crosby. Especially against the Minnesota Wild. (laughs) Devin
0: Dubnik. There it is. This is a great stat pattern for everyone who has him in fantasy, who had to deal with him for 28 games being out. He better do something tonight. For our sake, please, get some points and uh, make your line mates look good because Gensel is going to be out for the rest of the year and you're screwed over there. So unless you want to have Malkin and Crosby on the same line, that team doesn't look too good going into April. It's pretty
1: funny. We've said for years that when injuries occur with Pittsburgh, they're screwed. But if history shows they're not screwed, they're never screwed. They got Malkin, who's actually playing out of his out of this world right now. Brian Rust is almost a point-of-game player, and that's because of Evgeny Malkin. Jared McCann, you already know, I love him. I think he's an absolute... He's a great player. Um, at that point in time, I don't know why Vancouver got rid of Jared McCann, but Galchenyuk. Uh, He's on the block <laughs> again. Gal, yeah, Gal, Galchenyuk. <laughs> at this point in time, I we you you could say so many times that a player needs new scenery. A player needs new scenery. A player needs new. It's, it's finding. This his is game. the third team now, so. Something's got to give here. I think it might be his work ethic. I don't know what's going on, his confidence. The slopes.
2: He was even playing with Malkin for, like, I'll say at least 16 games and nothing. I think this was the year we said, uh, we will know what Galchenyuk is by the end of the year. Didn't even take that long. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy.
1: (laughs) I just, especially now, even with Tristan Jari outperforming Matt Murray. Um, and Sidney Crosby and Malkin being back—I I know Gunsell, You know he's a 40-goal scorer last year. He's—he's—he's he's, he's outstanding. He's good. Um, but you have Malkin and Crosby. I don't count this team out winning another Stanley Cup. That's just—I don't count them out. Latang is also healthy. The only big question mark is can their old age stop them? Because I know they played a lot of hockey over the years. And Malkin and Crosby—they are injury-prone. As painful as it is to say. But when they're on their game, there's really no one better. Really. Like, can you name a better power forward
2: like than Malkin when Malkin's on his game? Okay. Is that a power <laughs> forward, though, or just a monster? <laughs> Oof. Okay, so another Russian guy, then. I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's it. No one else. Korshkov. Ago, Korshkov.
2: Always a beast. <laughs> what's,
1: the, what, what's going on with Kovalchuk? Oh, he goes to Montreal, and
0: he starts Carmelo Anthony this is the NHL's Carmelo Anthony (laughs) he's ridden off the team comes in scores big goals and now everyone back on the Kovalchuk bandwagon a lot of people are forgetting that Brendan Gallagher's injured because of Kovalchuk
1: (laughs) (laughs) he literally no like like Gallagher was on the top line with I think it was Donal and Domi and now they have Kovalchuk on the top line
2: and everyone's oh yeah
1: yeah we don't gotta (laughs) worry about Gallagher we got Kovalchuk
2: for the for the Habs though to try to they're playing like shit but they're trying to stay. In. <laughs> they are, they are, they, they are. They had Nick Cousins on their top line at one point. All their wingers are hurt, so to take a flyer on a guy for 800 whatever he's making, like I like the move for the Habs, even if he gets 10 goals by the end of the year, like why not? You need some goal scoring. It's got to come from somewhere. Everyone's hurt. Give him a shot. Do you guys see uh,
0: Montreal making a playoff appearance? No. No. Trade Carey Price. Like I said before, Shea Weber's a guy. Maybe Shea Weber's a guy the Leafs should look at. I would go after him.
2: Sick of these names.
0: (laughs) Let's go after Shea Weber. His contract, not the greatest, but if you're willing to trade some young forwards that Montreal desperately need right now, you'll have to deal with them in a few years. But uh, you're in win now mode. Go after the big fish. If I'm the Leafs, I'm trying to go after
1: Sergeyev. (laughs) but that 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 return is
0: that's out of the question Show us your whole uh, top pair i
1: want nylander bracco and a first for sergachev
2: oh this has been a fun phone call yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) i would have been like okay thank you hang up
1: but you know what i think that's it for the pawn today um now we got to talk about hoop we'll talk about demar Derozan coming back yeah the wraps were up comfortably all game siakam came back he looked great um but no one looked better than DeMar DeRozan in this game. He just absolutely – yeah, I'm not even going to talk about
2: it. I want you guys to talk about it. That dunk. And how much did that change the game, Pinello? Uh, it changed the game completely. We were saying before we went on, it was it was basically the Raps game, and we had a double-digit point lead for most of it. And, yeah, he posterized Boucher. looked like he saw a ghost, and it was the Spurs from there on out. Yeah, it did look like he saw a ghost
0: for real. Poor Boucher. Just All this uh, – All this great play from him just had to end on that note with DeRozan just putting him on a poster. Thank God he didn't jump over him like John Moran did to Kevin Love and likely ended his career. But DeRozan did uh, get some energy back in San Antonio's lineup and it it led to them coming back and getting the win. So the Raptors, uh, that's definitely a game they want to have back.
1: The the one interesting statistic that I want to bring up ever since DeMars left Toronto is he's not taking – any three-pointers at all in this game he shot 11 of 14 and they were all mid-range and um you know this guy a lot of people are saying that there's no market for DeMar DeRozan and I think the more that I watch him the more I think that that's kind of far-fetched because this guy like you said before he's not going to be a one or two option on any team he'll be a solid third option and again Jimmy Butler I love like I think he's a great NBA player His mindset, he thinks he's the best player on a contending team. He's proving it this year, actually, believe it or not. But last year when he was in Philly, he thought that he was not getting enough minutes, not enough touches. DeMar DeRozan, I think Butler needs to take some notes from DeMar DeRozan. He's very humble, doesn't say much. Who do you think is a team that needs
2: a guy like him right now? DeMar DeRozan.
1: The
0: Lakers. Yeah. Because he would be a perfect number three there. That's all I'm saying on that. Can you imagine that they trade Kuzma, San Antonio retains some salary, the Lakers add maybe a few other players in the mix, and the first uh, round Lakers go through eventually get to a series where it's Clippers, Lakers, DeMar, Kawhi. And, uh, that would that get would, heated. That would get heated because then they both have something to prove, and uh, that would be fun to watch. Another team, if they really want to go this route, the Raptors. Can you imagine <laughs> that? <laughs> because uh they need some extra scoring. scoring on their team siakam's there so if you can manage to i don't think san antonio would because they got ripped off with the last <laughs> trade but if you get the rosen back from san antonio and make it work for your team i think that'd be a perfect fit who do you think would be going the other way with these trades though like Demar, i feel like it
1: would probably be like a if it was the lakers it'd definitely be probably kuzma and like Avery Bradley for yeah. DeRozan, because that's two cap dumps right there. Maybe Caruso too. No, no, they're not trading Caruso. Not trading the headband. <laughs> Can't trade the headband. I, I even another guy that's actually been rumored to go uh, to L.A. is Derrick Rose, and that would be a treat. I think that would be. I might would I would probably have to get a Derrick Rose jersey. Worked well in Cleveland. LA and, and LA. Oh, fuck. Uh, again, that's, to me, that's one of the biggest mysteries. I don't know how that didn't work out, but just imagine Derrick Rose, the way he's playing right now, with LeBron and and AD. Are you kidding me? And Dwight Howard? Holy. This is like the the team of the decade, 2010s. There it is. It's the, it's the Lakers. I don't really see. I, I, all I hear is the Lakers with, like, majority of big free agent uh or not big, uh, big players like that are available but help let, let's just get let's get through this drummond conundrum pinel I'll, I'll start with you who do you think where do you think andre drummond goes You think he goes to the pit you think he stays
2: you think he goes to dallas you think he goes to i've been thinking of the original uh when the update first came out so the very first team that was said is still locked on my mind and that's the Hawks. <laughs> I'm still thinking of that pairing with uh, with him and Trey Young going forward. I think that can be filthy. So you have Drummond only at 26 years old and Trey Young still getting his feet wet in the league. Oh, that could be something to watch. Then <laughs> Vince Carter's on the team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gone at
1: the
0: deadline. Yeah, I, I think the I think he's going to the Raptors. I, so. I want to see that happen. The Raptors. What do you think? Who's gonna what are they going to get rid of then? They can't get rid of Terrence Davis. They can't get rid of uh, Thomas. Norman Powell Stanley is gone. Johnson is another one that I think could be packaged with Norman Powell. I think at this point in time, Powell is
1: the, he's kind of like the, the captain. Like, I think oh, yeah, Powell's yeah. the guy where I, I think of the raps. I just, yeah, I think Powell's gone. And if OG doesn't start scoring more, I might try and see if what teams are, like, uh, what they're going to give up for, for OG. Cause I'm sorry, man, he's uh he's not he's not scoring at all. I think you can still get a good return. He's averaging like nine him. points. For me, that's an untouchable. Yeah, I wouldn't trade him. Yeah, he's probably a project. Like I but I don't know, man. Um, the small four position is like very premium. And OG is taking up a pretty premium spot right now and he's not scoring enough. So again, like you, you could argue Hollis Jefferson's emergence has kind of affected OG in a bit. Like a little bit but i don't really know what to think with uh with this trade deadline coming up with the nba i think there's going to be a lot of head-scratching moves i don't i could even see dallas making a big time move to kind of
0: get over that that hump with you know with porzingis and Doncic. that would imagine they got drummond oh i think that would fit though with porzingis that he usually kind of plays center and he stretches out to kind of give them more offense for Doncic. But. The, the one thing that's great with Porzingis is, is
1: he could play the four no problem. Yeah. He's he's a seven foot three power forward and that's pretty <laughs> funny to see. But yeah, he he likes stretching the floor a lot of centers. They're starting to stretch the floor, but still there's you know there's some teams like you know DeAndre Aiden, Drummond. These guys they still don't stretch the floor. So I think uh, a Drummond maybe to Dallas would. For me, that would make them a contender right away. I think that would absolutely put them over the hump. And Another guy that like I kind of don't want to cancel out of trade rumors because I've been hearing it for, jeez, like a long, long time is Buddy Heald. He's not happy with the Kings. And again, you think he's one of the core pieces there, and they're giving up on him, I guess, early. And uh, De'Aaron Fox, another guy where I don't really see him being loyal – Here's the thing with the Kings. I think they're a franchise. A lot of guys aren't loyal there. We've seen Boogie Cousins dip. He was basically like the only one. But um, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on the, on the on the Sacramento Kings? They have a lot of young pieces, and I think this team could have a big big uh, structural change in a year. That's
0: just my. I think they could be a big big uh, big rebuild. It's a head scratcher because they traded. Cousins and they got that big return from New Orleans, and they haven't really done anything with it. No, I think by now they should be a playoff team with the guys they got back and the players that have been in and around their team. It's just management, I think, is their problem. I don't see them ever being back to like the early 2000s when they had no. Bibby and White Chocolate and Weber. So <laughs> oh my god, White Chocolate! That's a, I don't know, that team's a mystery. By now, they should have at least been in a playoff round,
1: yeah, because again. You you trade up, you trade Cousins for Buddy Heald because Buddy Heald got drafted by the Pelicans and sixth overall. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was an unreal scorer coming out of Oklahoma. And again, he comes to this team last year was the first year he averaged over 20. And I guess cockiness or something along the way kind of blurred his role with the team because I've been listening. And Buddy Heald, the more I listen to him, the more I don't see this guy's a great teammate and I'm not I'm not trying to cancel out any talent he has it's just by now like you said you have De'Aaron Fox you have Buddy Heald you've drafted Bagley now this is a team even like a Bailica off the bench I think this team should at least be winning a little more games and I know Luke Walton's the coach he just got fired from the Lakers but something's got to give here for me they're kind of like the Pelicans where I really don't know what to believe with this team like, again, like, what, what do you guys think of even, like, New Orleans? Like, there's rumors that Drew Holiday's on the market and now all of a sudden with Zion coming back, they may be keeping the team afloat just to maybe make a playoff run, yet they're in 13th place. Yeah, so I don't... I
0: think they should be in the
1: playoffs. I really don't... Yeah, JJ, I think, I think I they think, should, too. I think they're they're a great team, man, on paper. Yeah. Shit, Ingram averaging 25 a game? Other than Ingram, though. What's kind of going on there? Well, well, Lonzo's been doing better lately, but... Lately. How, yeah, lately. how much... How That's not... I don't think that's going to last. He's averaging like 24,
2: 9, and 8 in the last six. I think the biggest insult to that team, even though it's kind of not, is talking about a guy that hasn't played a game all year. Nope. That's been the yeah. highlight of their team, and it's embarrassing, but it's true.
1: Again, you got to blame the hype on that one. you got to blame the hype on... on First overall. On yeah, it, it, again... Drew, no one's no one talked about Drew Holiday three years ago. No one was talking about Brandon Ingram last year. So uh, I think it's all about fits and it's all about performance. We don't know what Zion's gonna do when he comes in the lineup. A lot of people are saying, oh, he's in a fucking, he's gonna get 25 and 11 and he's gonna absolutely tear the league apart. He's one of the most gifted athletes I've ever seen. But again, you got to translate it to a full NBA game. We haven't seen it yet. Preseason, he got injured. Off a dunk. Off a dunk. I mean, even when you saw last year in the March Madness, his dunks were so powerful that he jumped and broke his shoes. So I don't know what to believe with the Pelicans. I think they're a lot better than where they are in the standings. Kind of like Golden State. Like they're dead last, but they're they're coming off four straight first place finishes. So the NBA is a funny time. I don't. And again, if we want to talk about rebuilds. The team that has to rebuild right now is is the Spurs. Get rid of Aldridge. Get rid of DeRozan. And just focus on guys like Deshante Murray and like Lonnie Walker as like your core pieces moving forward. Because I think after this year, Popovich, he might call it a career. Um, but for me, guys, that's basically it for Hoop. I think Derrick Rose going to the Lakers would absolutely. That would make the league so much more fun. It's already fun, but... Just, just because even Detroit, man, goddamn, they've been like this all, just floating, and now you could finally sink. With Griffin out, Drummond trade him, Rose trade him, your future. That's literally it. Um, they're shit. The D- Detroit's in trouble. Um, they're gonna be one of the worst. They're, I think I could see them. I could see them taking a Philly type rebuild. Well, they they will be atrocious for like three years.
0: 72
1: <laughs> <be> okay. the, <laughs> they'll win yeah they'll win like seven games oh. <laughs> can you imagine nah, i don't know but uh, now let's talk about raw we'll t- uh, i'll pass it over to alino uh who opened uh, was it AJ, aj orton
0: and drew
1: well Damn. well if you guys already know how much i love randy orton he's was it what was the year when he took a tumble Orton like with like production and like staleness wasn't it was it 2017 or was it before that oh no no no
2: it was closer to the start of the decade
1: because I'm trying to remember 2011 was an outstanding year for Orton 2012 on the other hand I don't think was good for Orton all I remember with Orton was when it was 2013-14 when he was feuding with Daniel Bryan for the WWE title I kept thinking in the back of my head when is this going to come to an end? And then all of a sudden, he had the feud with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. And that was refreshing. We haven't seen that before. 2017, he won the he won the Rumble, won the title. Oh, YFM. And um, after that, he kind of took a back seat. Remember the Survivor Series match when he got the pinfall? The one we went to? Yeah. I know he, sorry, he took the spear. Okay, yeah. Uh, I feel like, I don't know what he's been doing. I don't know if he's a little more focused, if he's a little more driven ever since AEW became a company, but ever since that day became reality when AEW opened their doors, I feel like Randy Orton absolutely has just outperformed himself from, like, the beginning of the decade. I don't know if that's just me, if you guys think feel the same way. It's just I see Randy now, and I think, why why don't you give him another WWE title shot?
0: <laughs> oh, imagine.
1: Because – like, do you know how much I'm contradicting myself? I said in 2014, get the title off this guy. I don't want to see him with it anymore. And now I'm here, 2020. Yeah, give Orton the title. I think I think if I think he deserves it, even AJ. But again, it's Brock Lesnar's show. Drew McIntyre got the win here. I like it. This guy's an absolute star. But again, if history repeats itself, maybe in a couple months he won't be so popular three
0: mb uh, bring it that is.
1: back please don't <laughs> i don't know what to think of uh of aj drew and randy when it comes to their build towards mania season i know we've gotten a lot of different match cards that have been leaked and i hate that but do you guys want to see randy orton in the wwe title picture with a guy like a brock lesnar because i wouldn't mind that at wrestlemania
2: i just want to see randy orton because i'm kind of i'm with you like for the longest time, it was he picks his spots and he comes and goes. Some things are great, and then some things it's like changed the channel. But uh, yeah, recently I'm, I'm really I'm digging Randy yeah. the last little while, so uh,
0: I'm not opposed to him and Brock. <laughs> I'd like to see Randy, big fan of his. If they keep him with uh, AJ, wouldn't mind that either. Last year I thought their match had a lot more potential. It was and, still good. Uh, the light if they can just fix that not blind the audience so they can react to what's going on in the ring that would be great so I wouldn't mind seeing Orton in the uh, WWE title picture or depending on what they do with uh, Andrade and Ray and some of the other guys I will any title picture I wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing that either.
1: What do you guys think though with Drew winning this do you think this is a, a big move do you think something magical is in the works here or do you think it was kind of just a unpredictable outcome? For the fans,
2: I think more of that. Yeah, because so I think if, if you give Randy or AJ the win in that triple threat, then it kind of progresses that feud and the focus is more onto that. If you give the win to Drew, then it's kind of all that. So I think they have a little more, a little
0: something cooking. Not saying he's going to win, but he should be a big game player going into it. Yeah, I think he should be one of the final guys in the Rumble, especially after this. Like, they're building a lot more momentum than the six months ago because going into SummerSlam, he was a shane mcmahon's bodyguard and uh july and all that stuff and <laughs>
3: <Shane> <laughs>
0: he wasn't McMahon. even doing anything after that for a bit and then comes back again refreshed everything's going good i'd keep that momentum going and have him have a great showing in the rumble if he doesn't win it i'd even have him in that title picture with brock would you even have him come come out at number two i'd save him for like 10 15 i don't want him since he came back recently from injury like i'd like save him a bit i don't want him getting injured again you can have him take out brock though
2: yeah or just what like make a statement somehow
1: i still don't know what the stipulation
2: is for the match i know brock's in it i don't think his title's on the line no i like when they do this the odd time like when they did it with roman a few years ago yeah trying to spice it up a bit make it for the title yeah
1: I like how they only did that, though, just because of Triple H being in power. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he wins a vote. Oh, you're the champ? Oh, the, you're going to have to defend it in the Rumble.
0: And you're starting. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I and mean, the League of Nations come out. <laughs> Holy shit. Attack them. Oh, my God. Vince McMahon. Yeah, Rusev, go to the table. I still – I'll never forget <laughs> the backlash that he got
1: coming out at 30. That was the most ter- – I was, I was terrified – because I remember, I'm like, oh, 30. Is it going to be Finn Balor? Is it going to be Samoa Joe making his debut? Roman Reigns comes out. I'm like, are we going to get Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar again? Family and, room was rowdy. Oh, we were we were like, <laughs> are you? What? No way. <laughs> and uh, I just feel like at this point in time with Drew McIntyre, when you talk about a guy that being groomed kind of like how he was last year being groomed in the rumble and then I don't remember who eliminated I think it was it was it was Dolph yeah did he super kick him over (laughs) you know it yeah um I just feel like there's nobody right now where I look at Drew McIntyre and be like yeah he's gonna eliminate Drew in the rumble so I feel like if it were to be someone I don't know why. I could see it being Randy Orton. Randy Orton coming in, eliminating Drew. Drew comes back in the ring, fucks him up. And there is your WrestleMania match. You could have Randy put Drew McIntyre over. So, again, with this triple threat match on Raw, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of possibilities here. Again, you could never even leave AJL because he's just that good. But uh, it was a very fun uh, opener to, to Raw for sure.
2: Loved it.
1: Yeah, but then we talk about Charlotte Flair. And I love Sarah Logan's new look, but if you're gonna give someone a new look, why are you gonna bury them on Raw? She absolutely embarrassed Sarah Logan on Raw, embarrassed her.
2: Pissed off. <laughs> I'm a very big fan of Sarah Logan. Uh, they showed her. They did the you know those little promos they do, like oh stay tuned for next week she's gonna. And, like, they're propping her up, and they've been doing it for a long time. She's been on main event for so yeah. long, taking on the same people. She gets the shot. She didn't even make a statement, didn't get any shots in. Charlotte just fucking squashed her. Like, you could still have Charlotte win. Just don't do that to her.
0: And that's that's another example of a long list. They do it all the time. It was sloppy, too, the ending. Like It looked like they were actually fighting for real on the outside, which is so weird. Then they're hugging each other. I don't know what they were talking about, maybe the end of the match. Then the referee's counting, so I'm thinking, okay, maybe Sarah Logan's going to get the count-out win, and you protect Charlotte because, God forbid, she takes a loss on Raw, and that didn't happen. She goes in the ring, makes her tap, and that
2: was it. It's like no one expected her to win to begin with, but it was embarrassing the way they played out. I think even the way that they've been building, or they haven't been using Charlotte for,
1: what, four months now, three months? So I feel like now... It's Royal Rumble season. They're looking at Charlotte Flair. Oh, you know, let's try and make the Royal Rumble as unpredictable as possible. Let's build Charlotte for the time being, but then maybe we'll give it to, like, a Shayna Baszler or a Ronda Rousey. So that opens up possibilities. But if Charlotte Flair's a heel again, that's just dumb. I think uh, she's taking the big show approach. She's just flip-flopping way too much. And at this point in time, she's always been the better heel. But just... Just make, just see what she could do as a face, because I remember uh, when she was a face. What was it, uh, two months ago? She was getting pretty loud cheers against Sasha Banks and Bailey and all them. But if this is just gonna lead to another Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, I know it's gonna be great, but I just want to see someone else in that spot. And um, but again, shouldn't be complaining because Charlotte hasn't been really doing anything for a couple months, so.
0: Kind of like
2: Roman
1: yeah. It's all good <laughs> do you guys do you, do you see her winning the the Rumble though I,
2: I I think she she may very well win the Royal Rumble. She's one of those people that you kind of you never count out never like we just brought up Drew and Randy and like they'll always be big game players even though they're it may not be their spot this year but I'll, I'll always throw Charlotte
0: in so I can see her winning. I'm gonna say no only because I think they should look at Charlotte now okay you may have in mania kind of like the Roman approach you may have in mania a few times. Her, she's been champion so many times. This is a chance. Like, at SummerSlam, she faced Trish. So that was, like, the big middle-of-the-card. It was a great match, too. Yeah, middle-of-the-card attraction. I'd do the same at Mania. Maybe you have someone from NXT, like an E.O. Shirai Eliminator at the Rumble. Or Bianca Belair. Like, give someone the rub like that. And like an interpromotional match? have an interpromotional, yeah, yeah, have an inter-promotional with her. I would still football. generate the same buzz just yeah. because it's Charlotte. And give her the same amount of time, like 15, 20 minutes, and make that the attraction for the women who aren't in the title match.
1: Yeah, the only thing I'm worried about is I don't want them just going down the same path again, where it's like, oh, we don't have enough stars in this division, Charlotte. You're going to win the Royal Rumble, and you're going to face Becky at Mania again in the main event. And I don't know. Like, again, I don't even know if Ronda is coming back. Like, we all know that there are the rumors. And again, I guess nothing's official. But if it is, then obviously Ronda's going to change a game. She'll, She'll probably main event whatever but um i just want to talk about this r-truth friggin awesome segment with brock brock lesnar he doesn't come around often but when he comes around it's must see tv and of course another thing i want to you know i want to bring up two things here that really piss me off one thing what the hell's happened with the 24 7 title that's the first thing the second thing is what's going on with the women's tag
2: division because if you're gonna have titles in your company, why not defend them? Uh, I have the same answer for both titles. Nothing. Even uh, even
1: Shinsuke's IC title. I love the title change. I haven't heard him defend
2: it once. You know what though? He's been consistently on every week. Thank there God. There was a good six months where we're like, where the hell is Shinsuke? <laughs> doing <laughs> doing doing house shows
1: and. <laughs> Just he's over there. But
2: yeah, what, what Alino? I know you're a big Brock Party fan. Oh yeah. What
0: were your thoughts on this goofy segment with our truth It was jokes because it showed our truth and it put him over even more because he comes out, that whole character like doesn't know what's going on. I love He's not that. in the loop, and he thinks Paul Heyman's in the Rumble. As soon as he finds out, no, Brock is Oh, in no, the I Rumble. don't want to be in it. I'm taking myself out the match. Thanks a lot. And then he does that <laughs> jumping thing <laughs> before he leaves. Then Brock takes him out, and then he teases going for that 24-7 title and – can you imagine if he took that title, the fucking hunt that everyone have to go on? Like it'd be Pirates of the Caribbean, everyone going to the forest in Saskatchewan to try and find the belt and look for Brock and he didn't do it. He left it in the ring like a good guy. I'll give it back to our truth. You know you know what though, that'd be pretty cool.
1: That's what I was just gonna say. <laughs>
0: Damn it. I was like I was just thinking, I'm like,
1: imagine Brock with the twenty four seven title. And, be, and he's never there. All these the awesome backstage fucking skates you can come up with. Oh, oh man. Dang. It's like we gotta get a map. Where's Brock located? <laughs> my favorite part of the segment was when R Truth looked at him. He's like, I don't want you to take me to Sioux Falls City. <laughs> he's like looking at him, he's like, What? Because <laughs> yeah. he's he's perfect in that comedy role. Yeah, that was the best part of the show. Best part for sure. Awesome. Sh- yeah, I was awesome. I like how he brought up John Cena too. Oh yeah, Childhood Hero. I don't know if that's uh <laughs> if that's saying anything, if Cena could win the rumble for the third time in his career. Can you imagine he won it though? Oh,
2: I think win. I would. La- I think I would laugh at that point. I'd be like, like okay, give it to him. Yeah. Fuck it. They'll have him and Randy in the finals. Winner gets their third win. And uh, <laughs> Cena
0: won't challenge Brock. You know what he'd be going after? Go after Bray Wyatt again. <laughs> kill his character for oh real. Oh my God. file nail in the coffin there. <laughs> I can knock him out. Take it as a Doctor Thuganomics too. On top of that. Perfect
1: now, now we we quickly talk about Brock. I want to quickly discuss what you think his mania plans are. Because I've heard, you know, this guy says Kane Velasquez. This guy says Tyson Fury. I want—I don't know why I want it to be Randy Orton. And I just feel like it would just be, okay, the SummerSlam 2016 match, it was a big deal. Like it, a lot of people were, oh, you know, like we've never seen it before. The RKO versus the F5. Suplex City versus, you know, the RKO. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it would just put it over the top if it main evented WrestleMania. Just give Randy Orton that one last main event because he's probably not going to main event WrestleMania. Again, give him that last uh, opportunity to main event and actually you know, go all out, full out. I think that would be a five-star match. I think it would be absolutely tremendous. That being said, Randy Orton would probably have to win the Royal Rumble and that is looking kind of far-fetched just given the fact he won it three years ago. So, probably not happening.
0: Unless they do Roman winning the Rumble, going on to take the Fiend... But then that would main event over Brock and Orton. If Roman thing.
1: Reigns wins the Royal Rumble, you can't do Roman Reigns versus The Fiend one-on-one. Please don't do that. That would just be so predictable. I feel like Roman would win it. Embrace character. just That's it. Go to AEW.
2: Bye. Get the hell out of here. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Pinello? Who do you think Brock should face? Are we counting out that Brock is... Uh, not going to be champion come WrestleMania? Is that an option? Or we just Ooh. assume he's going into. I Mania? just assume yeah, he's I the champion. He's champion. Okay, because like we're talking about Drew McIntyre before. Is it is it just a coincidence that they're bringing him back around this time of the year? Or is it just the way the house shows work?
1: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like last year we were trying to say, we were praising Drew the same way we are right now. So until yeah, uh, I see it, I will flat out not believe it. So. Kind of like 95% of the roster. Yeah. Yeah. So Drew, Drew, I don't, I wouldn't count him out. I'd love to see that, but
0: until it happens, it happens. There's also three pay-per-views now. The Saudi Arabia one, Elimination Chamber, and Fastlane. So it's possible that they have something. Maybe they start because Brock's not going to probably be on for two of those events. So he's on next week on Raw, the third week in a row, which is odd, but. They're gonna have him. I'm sure whoever he's interacting with in a segment is gonna be an idea of what they're thinking at for the rumble match. So if Drew eliminates him, takes him on in a fast lane or wins a elimination chamber to get the number one contender spot, that's the only way. I it see is, this happening. You kind of look at like everyone. You just look at everyone's build. <laughs> look
2: at Drew, and I feel like he's the only legit guy that can take on Brock. And I'm, say, I'm not saying he's going to go like 50 minutes in the Rumble and then win the title and all this, but if he can at least cause Brock to get eliminated, just stir it up a little, and then you can go into a program there. I'm not saying you have to go all in with Drew and he's your champion. And so he's who's the, guy the face always.
1: there? Probably
2: Drew. Probably Drew, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, a lot of people, like we, we, well, we talked last
1: week about it, but Kevin Owens is another name. No one really uh, like, like Drew. I'll believe it when I see it because he hasn't gotten anything the last two years so he's been in shitty programs the last two Mania matches he's had or I think he should he knows that he should uh, be higher on the card I know his match with Jericho was uh, apparently to Vince one of the worst and most upsetting matches he's ever watched but don't count kevin owens out either i think you know he's in the he's right now he's at one of the top faces on raw facing seth rollins that stuff i don't think that's going until mania at least i hope not um I I, I'd, I'd maybe like to see kevin owens maybe take a little run in the rumble there too but of the dynamic him and joe that's the one thing that's stopping me from saying drew though is he's like right now a full-on heel he's taking on all the faces in handicap matches he's beating them he's looking like a badass at this point in time brock lesnar's probably getting the most booze at least yesterday he got booed hard so um that's my only thing is are you really trying to go with like the tweener versus the heel or are you or are you trying to go with a full-on full-fledged babyface versus the part-time champ Brock Lesnar so I don't I don't know they've been doing that for years with Roman kind of like if you're gonna put yourself in the same corner uh you know it's Vince McMahon he doesn't like changing his uh, ideology much but I would like to see Drew McIntyre in that position but again believe it when i see it uh another thing i just want to bring up before we uh we end it daniel bryan um there's a lot of different scenarios i can see with this guy moving forward for wrestlemania we all know the miz just turned heel daniel bryan just turned face they both changed well daniel bryan changed his look completely he's looking like 2012 daniel bryan um do you guys see daniel bryan at all being in the main event picture come wrestlemania or do you think that's now with you know with the whole Roman Reigns do you think that's kind of that's, that's out the window.
0: Yeah, I think we're in a similar spot we were when Reigns won the last Royal Rumble. Everyone wanted Daniel Bryan, we got Roman Reigns and I think we're going to get that again. That's why they're giving Daniel Bryan the world title match with the Rumble. Keep him happy and then at WrestleMania he'll be somewhere in the middle of the card. Maybe. I
2: want to see Daniel Bryan versus The Miz one last time at WrestleMania. Yes. I think
0: they. I wanted to see if Miz was too. a uh, face and Daniel Bryan was a heel. I think they missed out on that. But if they had the title on the line, just imagine how much bigger that match would be at Mania. So I feel like the SummerSlam
2: ending was very close to perfect. The it match was. was amazing. The build, everything was amazing. I would take a gamble on doing it again. Yeah. Usually I would play it safe and say, no, that was great. That was done. Leave it for what it was. But... I love these two. Think it's it's better. yeah. It's
1: either it's either they're gonna be together or I can see the Miz and John Morrison like going for the tag titles. Um, you talk about Morrison. Yeah, we right haven't Morrison. even talked about John Morrison. He came back. He's returned. He's looking great. They're best friends right off the bat again. That's it's bringing back some old memories.
2: I'm, uh, loving it. I'm loving it. I
1: could easily see them winning the tag titles if they don't put The Miz in a feud with,
2: like, Brian. But, you know, they did the same thing last year with... Uh, it, it turned out to be a feud with Shane, but they gave him the tag titles for a couple months. Like, wouldn't you love to see that? Just oh, your, yeah. 50, your
0: 13-year-old self watching Miz and Morrison. That would be awesome. I think they should have Morrison, though, because in his promo, he's kind of saying, oh, I'm disappointed in the fans. And, like, he was talking about The Miz, how he's kind of disappointed, oh, he did all this stuff. Maybe he uses that as... uh a way to turn on the miss this time because miss turned on him when he got drafted to so if they go miss versus morrison instead i wouldn't mind that either i wouldn't mind that either no and then morrison can
2: prove once and for all that he was the Shawn michaels <laughs> and the Miz is marty jenny that'd be jokes wow that was a lot to take in today it was a good episode
1: um with that being said make sure to tune in next week episode 64 it's going to be a big one because we actually are going to predict our Royal Rumble winners and uh, should be a fun show overall. Take care, guys.
0: Okay, Carmella, you're, uh, I guess I'll take it. Uh, you're starting now with R Truth since this 24 7 title has been on ROM. Uh, what do you think about this whole experience with R Truth? Oh, it's so fun.
3: I've been saying, you know, this time last year, I was walking into SummerSlam with the title as champion. I was one of the most hated people in the company. Um, so to be where I'm at now, to, I couldn't never guess in a million years that I'd be where I'm at now. That I'm actually a good guy and people sort of like me and I'm having fun and I'm just getting to show this different silly fun side of me myself and my character and um, I'm just really loving it.
0: Yeah, and last year you brought up how you came in, the title, and now this year you're kind of like the champion because everywhere our trip is going yeah. you're a part of that process. Yeah. So this. Whole 24-7 title you're all every week you guys steal the segments online is so popular did you think it would have the same impact when it started you
3: know I knew like when Truth and I got together that it was it was different it's something that people don't see or like it's just it's different and it works and
4: I do a lot of things, but I am not a chemist.
3: <laughs> You're like basically
4: Albert Einstein. I'm basically running
3: right
4: now. Can I trust you guys, girls? I trust Nobody's trying to pin me or nothing like that, right? Right? America? Seriously, right? Okay, yeah, cool. We're cool. So what are we talking about? You the, your chemistry. <laughs> Our chemistry as a team. Oh, I thought you wanted me to make something. Great. <laughs> yeah. Don't you fear that I can take your best? No. <laughs> no. She's my botany client. <laughs>
3: I haven't taken it yet. I feel like that's the biggest question everyone asks. I'll be at the grocery store. People are like, when are you going to pin her a Like, I'm not going to do it. I feel like if I haven't done it by now, obviously I'll prove my loyalty to him. um it's typical. It's not
4: about that. Yeah. She's not typical. She's fabulous.
3: There's nothing basic about
4: me but boom. What what do you guys think is the click between you two because there was there's a certain uh, attraction there that everyone can see but what clicked it for you guys? coming to the storyline. It
3: day one like it wasn't wasn't ever supposed to be anything this time last year he was trying to pin me to get an opportunity at the title and uh we just had all these backstages and then all of a sudden it was just like it happened even the very first time we found out we we're going to do mixed match challenge together we had to film something together and I, we, we didn't know i didn't know him He didn't know me we never
4: I've never really spoke. met and i was just like seeing each other pass
3: and we and just that did that one video and it was like it just clicked and i don't know the rest is sort of History. We don't have to force anything, like our backstages or our videos we do for the 24 7 channel. There's no script, it's just us. And I think that's why it works.
4: In you know Italy, it is a 24 7 championship,
3: and that's a great success. And, uh, you are the frontman, this retirement home wrestling. Right. What do you think about this?
4: About being of, uh the community part of wrestling? Yeah. Um, I think it's great. It's awesome. Um, I don't think we have anything else to prove. She's been champion. I've been champion. Um, we've been in the business long enough to where like there's so much wrestling. Not to knock, not to knock other wrestling, but there's so much wrestling that people are not going to be able to miss it. But the entertainment aspect that we just break the monotony a little bit. We give you that rollercoaster, we give you something to laugh at, or you can go be mad at Samoa Joe. We give you something to smile about, Why you can cheer the heroic Roman Reigns. You know what I'm saying? So we're just that meeting that gives you the thing that breaks the monotony. I personally love it. Anyone can go out there and wrestle, yes. but not
3: everyone to treat our own hearts, but not everyone can just go and be part of the entertainment factor, you know? Some people are strictly wrestlers, some people are strictly entertainment, but I feel like we can do both, all, and that's really cool. Yes,
4: yeah. Complete practice.
3: Period.
0: Period. If there's a match on SummerSlam, dream match like Charlotte versus Trish, uh, if you were to get that opportunity against anybody from the past that they can come in, a Hall of Famer, would you? that be your ideal event?
3: I mean, definitely Trish. And the fact that she's here this year is like, oh, that could actually happen. I felt like that was something that seemed so far-fetched. Um, but now she's here in her hometown. It's really cool, and uh, I'm
0: really excited for that match. And R-Truth, same question, sort of to you. You're the champ right now. If anybody from the past were to come back and step up, maybe out of nowhere to challenge you for that belt, who would you hope it is? Oh man! Probably John Cena, man, because I watched him
4: a lot when I was a kid. You know, <laughs> and to like and to, to like be in the ring with him would be like, you know, like a childhood dream come true. So I'd probably take him. Wouldn't be? With Booker TV. I watched it when I was a kid too. Yes. yes. I mean, you see, you guys seem to, to be on similar tracks. No, we're both black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. I? Oh,
3: yes, oh, wow. you are one oh, of the most important people in the country. Am I? Yes, you are. Twice. No, it's incredible right now to be a woman in the WWE, it's the best time, and I feel like we're finally at a point where what the women are doing is not a big deal. For the longest time, it's, oh my gosh, it's the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match for the women, it's the first Hell in a Cell match, it's the first Real Rumble match, and now it's just become more. We don't even have to make it a big deal anymore and I think that that's such a testament to the women that have paved the way for us, the women that are here now and the women in NXT that are in the future, um, so I feel very lucky and I feel grateful that my name will always go down in history as part of the first ever Miss Money in the Bank, um, so I feel very lucky. you
1: think the wrestling the women in general
2: process of them.
3: Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, this, now. right now in the world. You know, with the women's U.S. soccer team and, like, all of these things that are happening for the women. It's just, like, it's incredible. I think that the WWE is paving the way as well, you know, with the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania like Ronda Rousey being a part of it. And she brought so many eyes into the division, which I think is incredible. Um, so I think I just think it's really important especially to show little girls like now we're just people, It's not about like let's try to get there, we're there. We're here.
4: Do you think about the past you with
3: That's true. I mean, if no. you guys only knew the stuff that no. would I see truth say. It never knew, you with it, movies. It's so funny. and He's just the best.
4: Ciao. Ciao, Bella. Thanks, y'all. i